on today's show. Do the Dallas Mavericks need to change when Luka plays? And should they make a change to the starting lineup? Are the role players good enough? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavs. And welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way you can help us grow this show is to comment anything below. Let us know, what's the biggest change the Mavs need to make going forward? The biggest change. Joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com. The mailbag, Moocher, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Great timing for the Mavericks, because now we're going to face this Brooklyn Nets team coming up tonight. You're listening to this on a Thursday morning. This Nets team just lost in Milwaukee, so now they have to travel overnight back to Brooklyn. Not a long ways away, but still back-to-back. And uh, they're 1-3 in three right now, so... They don't have good vibes. <laughs> As no. a, for a team for a team that their star player wanted the coach and the GM fired over the offseason, they don't have good vibes. I just don't know what it is about them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hopefully Dallas can get back on track and uh not and avoid going uh, one and three uh like the Nets are. It's been a day. We washed the last game away. Like, we don't need to worry about last game, all that. Let's talk about some of your questions. So today we're going to answer some of your questions that you guys sent in about Luka Doncic. Should they change his minutes? Should they change the rotation for him to be better in the fourth quarters? What can we expect from Spencer Dinwiddie? Uh, Should they change the starting lineups? Are the role players around Luka good enough? There's all questions we're going to get to today. Let's start with the first one. Eurochuck sends in, does Luka need to change his minute structure? Seems like he's always burnt out by the fourth quarter. Um. Well, one, this isn't Luca's like ultimate decision. This is a coaching thing of like, oh, I hey, wanna, you know, be able to touch the car. <laughs> do the Mavs need to change his minute structure? Now, I I guess my question is like, what do you what do you want it to be? You know, you have this structure of, all right, he's going to play the whole first quarter, set the first half, the second quarter, play the rest of the half, then comes out in the third, plays a third, sets the first half of the fourth, you know, generic here kind of, um, and then finishes the game. What do you, yeah, what, what do you kind of want? Do you want him not to play the third and just play the whole fourth? Or So so this question comes at, all right, let's identify what the problem is or what Eurochuck and some others think that the problem is, that he's burned out by the fourth quarter. Okay, well, he sits the whole beginning of the fourth quarter, right? Like, if yeah. you want him ready for key minutes in the fourth quarter, what better than to sit him at the beginning of the fourth quarter? So so I don't really understand the the nature of, well, he's burned out by the fourth quarter. So then the answer would be, if we change the minute rotation around, he would play more in the fourth quarter and be more burnt out by then. But maybe he doesn't yeah. expel as much energy in the third quarter, so then he's able to play more minutes in the fourth quarter. I just I just think that overall, the like... Changing his minutes is not going to be the answer to to fix some of these things. We we've seen this work for a long time with with Luca. We've seen yeah. But, I mean, and unless you want yeah, unless you want his like total minutes to go down, <laughs> and it's like he's at averaging like thirty four these first three games. If you're it, saying it should hey, go down, well yeah, well 
I mean, yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I don't know if I want Luca playing 30 minutes a game. Like, he could play I mean, a little bit more than Giannis that. does it. Giannis does it, and it works really well for him. And you know, you know why? Because they take care of business. Yeah, I think you can make an argument for the uh, roster being better too. But I, I mean, if you wanted to shed like some of the third into the third quarter off his, you know, if it, depending on the game flow and stuff, it's like instead of playing the whole third, you know, maybe plays like ten out of the twelve minutes or something like that. Sure, but it'd be different if he played the entire fourth and were and he played like half of the third. Yeah, and you're like, all right, what can we switch up? Does he have to play the whole fourth? He looks gassed at the. I just think that this is the best game plan for him. I don't know if this was Carlisle or Kid, but I I remember at times when they would sit Luca a little bit early in the in the third quarter, like not play the entire third quarter. He would sit at like the you know the two minute mark or the one fifty or one thirty minute mark just to give him that little extra time in the third quarter so he can play more in the fourth quarter that's the only thing i would change but it all depends on the game flow like yeah in that pelicans game maybe you want him playing a little bit more in the fourth but i would argue you'd rather just have him come out swinging in the third quarter and maybe put that team away the team just didn't do it right so i don't think this is as big of a problem as some people are making it out to be the team just wasn't good enough in it and so you can you can talk about rotations and things all you want but the team's just got to be good enough and come ready to play in in those minutes now playing wood with luca that's a different question that I think we'll talk about maybe a little bit later. Um, another question from Chad. Why is Luca taking 10, like over 10 three-point attempts, even though he's literally unguardable in the mid-range, in the post, or driving to the basket? Why is he taking over 10 threes a game, Isaac? I mean, it's just settling on his part. It's not – I don't think it's a game plan thing. You know, the highest he's ever averaged was last year at – actually, I mean, last year was 8.8, and his sophomore season was 8.9, but – you know, over 10 threes, it's a little too much. I agree. I agree with the question, especially for a guy that's so lethal when he gets into the paint. It feels like he can get to the rim at will. But, I mean, we said it on last pot. I thought he just played into their game plan the other night in New yes. Orleans. Of They switched. They left him, you know, one-on-one a lot with Nance, Valanchunas, whatever, Najee Marshall. He took him to the post. But some of those guys, it's just like, hey, for him, I'm just going to do a step back you know, step aside three right in these big guys faces. Cause I know I can get the space and yeah, I think in hindsight, he'd probably, he might agree that he should have, uh, you know, gotten to the paint a little bit more. And yeah, here are the top, here are the tops. Like what is this? Eight players in three point times per game so far in this young season, Steph Curry is number one. That makes okay. sense. Luca, Damian Lillard, Gary Trent Jr. Desmond Bain, Anthony Simons, buddy healed and LeBron James. Okay, tell me what's the difference between two of those eight players. Two of these players are trying to drag their team to wins at certain points and forcing the issue on a lot of things. And so, yeah, I'm I'm with Chad on this question. I don't know why he's taking that many. He's, he's being asked to carry a big load on offense. He's got the highest usage rate in the NBA. Now he also has the highest PER in the, in the NBA. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that, but he's got the highest usage in the NBA right now, and it, it's just got to go down. And he's got to be able to. To know that he can take advantage of some of those other matchups. And honestly, I think it's some of this is on coaching staff to run some other stuff, play some other stuff. It just seems like when Luca's out there, it's Luca ball or nothing. And every once in a while, you gotta throw something in there for the lulls of the of a third quarter or the lulls of the you know the middle of a first quarter to just mix it up a little bit, it seems like. Yeah, I agree with you. Still could be early in the season. They still are bringing in JaVale and Christian Wood that probably don't know the whole playbook yet and all that kind of stuff so these things take a little bit of time to start working out but at this point three games into the season that's what it, that's what it seems like it is at this point i'll throw this i'll throw this quick one to you hardy Woodaway says 
Will the media acknowledge Luca's defense? No. What <laughs> what way do you think Hardy Woodaway means this? Like that he plays good defense, or because he did play? I thought he did play some pretty good defense against uh, the Grizzlies, but so did everybody. No, I mean I just think I mean as sucky as it is, once once you kind of establish a um, a narrative like that, it's hard for national because realistically, national people's not going to watch every single minute of every game for every player. So that's why you got not, us. Yeah, and it, that's why this network was uh, birthed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Locked on, baby. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think they ever will. And it's gonna be a hey, same thing goes for like Trey Young. I mean, it took you know you know what it's gonna take. It's gonna take him playing at a good defensive level on the highest stage in the finals. Because I think that's what happened with Steph. Yes, people did. saw him in people saw him in the playoffs and the big moments too too much or more. And it's like he's not that bad defensively. Whenever he had that reputation earlier, but it's got to be on the big stages. Yeah, absolutely. The the taste of Luca playing defense the way that he did against the Warriors is not going to wash out easily. So I think that's the answer to that question. Coming up, are Dorian and Reggie Bullock good enough for the Mavericks to contend for a title this year? And more interesting question than I thought when I first read it. We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is interesting. It is a daily fantasy game that you can check out and you can go see, uh, you can go see what the overs on over unders are for each different player on the Mavericks or on other teams in the NBA. For example, in this game tonight, you can, or you can go quarter by quarter. Right now, they have quarters available uh, in the NBA NBA fourth quarter, so you can check it out during games as well. I didn't even know that. I just opened up the website and all of a sudden I see I can I can go right now. Jokic fourth quarter points six and a half, and I can go LeBron seven and a half. I can go over under that. Let's say I want to go over for Jokic, under for LeBron. If I put down 20 bucks, I win 60 bucks. It's that easy on prize picks. You're not playing against professionals or a bunch of other people that just sit around and spend all their time trying to win these games. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times in any entry. Download the prize picks app, go to prizepicks.com, play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's the prize picks app, promo code locked on. All right, Isaac Harris, let's answer some more of these mailbag questions. Are Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock good enough for the Mavericks to contend for a title this year? I hate to take an easy way out on this one, but it actually you added more to the question there. It depends with this current roster. Is that? Are, this is the question from, from Serbster. Are Dodo and Bullock good enough if the Mavs intend to compete for a title this year? Yes. It, there's so many layers to this because it depends on the other pieces around them. Because I think they are good enough to be winning starters on a championship team. Both yes. of them. Both of them together starting. Both of them together starting. If <laughs> Luca has a clear number two next to him in the starting lineup. For instance, if you put these two guys on, let's just say the Lakers right now, they are better than everybody else on their team with, you know, alongside like AD and LeBron, they would be great, right? Yeah. Like playing their roles, defense, hitting threes, and that, that would elevate the Lakers so high. I'm not saying they'd win a title, but that's the thing is I think once again, I'm not worried about some of these role players. We've said this for like three years. I think Dorian and, and Reggie are awesome. 
it just comes down to is Spencer Dinwiddie or, or, or Christian Wood, are they good enough to be the clear number two to raise like this team to a title? That's I, the thing. I think these guys are good enough. I think there's a, there's yeah. a lot of questions about role players right now. And we're three games into a season and they only played three preseason games too. They didn't get a lot to warm up into this season and say that's an excuse and say that's, you know, pandering to the team, whatever. I think that these guys need a little bit to warm up. Their their roles are so physically involved that they they need more time to, to warm up into the season, to get their legs under them. How many times throughout the playoff run did we talk about how Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, their superpower yes. was their legs and their wind and how they can just like run through anything and how they just can play so many minutes and play so hard and all that kind of stuff. That takes a little time to work into. I don't know if you can work yourself into that and be ready right away right away for the season to start. Like, I just don't think that happens. There's a certain level of athlete and athleticism you have to get to in a season to be able to play the way that they did last year. And that's the, that's the way that they'll have to play. If the Mavericks do intend to compete for a title. Like, what do you want? Like, I guess my question back was like, what else do you want from, from those two guys? I understand, I understand the the nature of the question because they didn't look great against the Pelicans. Uh, We're three. We're three games into a season whenever these dudes played like almost every single minute of a playoff run that went to the conference hey, finals. We asked, we asked for mailbag Come questions. On. Hey, we asked Come for mailbag <laughs> Anyway, what's the next one? All right, Alex said, at what point do the Mavs consider bringing Dorian or Reggie off the bench? No point. Never. Gotta, no, I don't think so. Wow. Now now I think we got to play this for you. I have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. By the way, that drop is Jason Kidd telling me about, about Reggie Bullock last year. I asked him why he only played 17 minutes the first two games of the season. And he, he said that. I me. have to apologize that you felt that he should have played more. And we've gotten I, I, so much run out of that, that sound drop, and I love it. I mean, you can play it now. People think you're talking about Christian Wood. Hey, I've used but, it for Christian Wood. Um. I think these two guys have to start more than Dinwiddie. Mm. More than Javel. I mean, I think they they have to start, both of those guys. They have to. Make your case. Why more than Dinwiddie? Because Dinwiddie would be the other playmaker. We've seen how much yeah. a secondary playmaker next to Luka matters, but why did those guys have to start more so than Dinwiddie? I think it's just important that you have to have two defenders on the, on the floor. You're going against – there's too many teams out there that have a really good point guard or a really good guy on the, on the perimeter. And it's like, you take one of those guys off, then who are you asking? Are you, you're asking Dinwiddie at that point, just like a few years ago, they had to ask Tim Hardaway to be the second, second defender. And it's like, it just can't happen. And and I like Dinwiddie a lot, but I like the starting unit they have now, but they, I just think there's no world in which Reggie or Dorian can't start. Like they have to start. If you want to bring Christian Wood into the starting lineup and keep Javel, then you put Dinwiddie on the bench and you bring Christian Wood in. Or I mean, obviously the, the natural one is Javel for Christian Wood, but those two guys have to start, in my opinion. Yeah. How many times throughout the playoff run? I'll just keep going back to that because that's the, the most successful we've seen this team. The Mavs' identity is still wrapped up in Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock. The way that they can defend, the way that they can hold their own, the way that they can set the tone, uh, the way that they can hit threes and, and hit open threes, like that's all that fits so well. And there's a couple, there's a couple of comments in our post game against the Pelicans where they were like, "Well, we're asking Luca to do so much, and Dorian and Bullock." Your Isaac was saying that they, that Luca needs to get them involved more early on, like like they can't make their own offense. That's the way the team's set up. That's the yeah. way. That's the way it's set up. That that's the way it is, right? Like they don't have 
another guy out there. They don't have another all-star. They don't have another guy like for all for as much as we love Dinwiddie, he's not another all-star out there that can get his own shot and that can no. you know do that on an all-star level, like on an all NBA they- type level. And they don't have another wing on the bench that gives them a different type of look. Like, what if they had like a healthy Joe Ingles on the bench? And you're like, well, okay, Joe Ingles can handle the ball a little bit more. He can play a little. Like, what if they swapped him? Like, that's not even a debate because that guy's there's not no, on the roster. Like, no Josh else. isn't that different. Like, you know, so they don't really have another wing that you can say offers something different. Okay, so you talked about a couple of different starting lineup iterations. Shaking my bacon says, mm. would you start Wood and Maxi? Put Dinwiddie and uh, but Dinwiddie and Wood, no, Dinwiddie and JaVale go to the bench, puts four shooters around Luka, basically guarantees a good start on offense. All five are switchable on defense. So would you, if you were going to change the starting lineup, would you go with Wood and Maxi starting with Dinwiddie coming off the bench, JaVale coming off the bench, and that's the lineup that you just start with? Um, No. No. Well, one, he said a phrase in there that's not true. They're not all five switchable at that point. So they are switchable. It's just a matter of how effective they are at switching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's something that I don't They're, think people's talking about about Javelle enough. It when it comes to like going to the bench and all this, it, it kind of goes with the Dwight Powell thing. Like, I in order to maximize what you're gonna, Javelle hasn't had a good start to the season at all. But in order to maximize a guy like Javelle, a guy like Dwight Powell, you need them more than Christian Wood. To play with Luca, like I'm scared. Like Javale's hasn't looked good, but I'm also kind of scared what Javale would look like without Luca on the floor. And you also committed three years to him, so that's the type of thing. Of I don't. I'm one. I'm not ready to make a starting lineup change. It's way too early. It's three freaking games. So let, let's wait, let's wait a little bit longer. You know, for like two and eight after ten games, let's do this thing. Let's switch it up. But I'm not ready for that yet. You think that they they're able like let's say they are two and eight after ten games, you're you're willing to wait till that point. Yeah, yeah, I need to be more than one and two to change up my whole rotation. What if they're one and five? Yeah, I mean we can yeah entertain it then if the numbers are still the same and Christian Wood numbers still the same. Once again, I don't care that much about starting that much. It's more of Javale played twelve minutes the other night. Christian Wood played thirty, so I I don't. It's not the end of the world to me about who starts. It's who finishes and plays on the fourth. That's what matters. Coming up, let's talk about JaVale McGee. You mentioned him a couple times there, and there's a couple of questions people have about JaVale McGee. How long is his leash? Should he continue to start? Should Dwight Powell make a return to the starting lineup? There's a lot of questions about that, and then we'll answer some more of your questions coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen. For your next listen today, go check out the Game to Game NBA podcast. Great stuff. Recaps of every NBA game from local experts. It's on the Lockdown NBA podcast and the Lockdown NBA YouTube feed. Go check it out, NBA Game to Game. All right, Isaac, let's talk about JaVale McGee. Alex says, how long is JaVale, a.k.a. Joel? Joel. 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 JaVale. 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 How long is JaVale's leash before Kidd has to consider slashing his minutes due to him looking much slower and older than I think most expected? That The last part's true. He has looked slower and older um, than we expected. But I think the leash is still pretty long. Pretty long. Uh, I think you, you bring in a vet that he has experience with, he has a relationship with. Uh, like, you need more than three games to make it. 
Also, Slash's minutes, he's playing less than Josh Green right now. I know. He's, that's why, he, yeah. He, he's averaging the same amount of minutes that Compazzo has played so far for the, for the Mavericks. 13. And, like he's and not, let's go ahead and bring the Dwight question into this, too. Yeah. Uh, Dirkster says, if, if uh, he said Joel McGee, too. Joel. <laughs> if Joel McGee continues to play, do you see Dwight Powell being resurrected, being put back in the starting lineup? No, I don't. You just Not want, right you, now. you wanted me to bring up that old question for you to say no. <laughs> <laughs> not, not right do now. Do you wear wigs? No, I do not. Have we, you worn uh, wigs? No, I do not. A few weeks from now, <laughs> let's like let's see what it looks like. But once again, you signed him for three years. It's not the it's not the worst contract in the world either. He's making five million dollars. Like, come on. Um, but still, you did sign him for three <laughs> He's years. Making half of what Dwight Powell's making did not yeah. play. But and you did promise him the starting role to go from hey after three games to go from hey you're playing twelve minutes to nothing and now you're a cheerleader I'm like that's yeah that's that's not cool right now so I think the warm up into the season thing is for J- JaVale McGee too he's he's thirty four he's gonna be thirty five yeah. soon like that it takes a little while to get into a season for a guy like that too I also think he's become a little a little bit of a scapegoat for some people too it's like three games we've lost so, two of these games by like a very small margin and we're we're fine we're looking at javel's 12 minutes saying oh it's, it's the dallas mavericks memorial center starting center spot that gets the scapegoat right <laughs> and i agree like i'm not trying to like he's had a bad start to the season worse than i thought that he would but i'm not yeah anyway couple of uh here's a question about christian wood connor says does christian wood become an all-star at this rate I mean, at this rate, at this rate, if he if he continues what he's doing now and he's still like top ten per and like all this stuff, yeah. I mean, he would have to be. Do I think it's going to happen coming off the bench? No, I don't. He is tenth in the West in scoring right now. There's ten players scoring twenty four points or more a game in the West right now, and he's one of them. Off the top of your head, do you can you remember somebody? I mean, I'm, there's probably somebody very clear that I'm just not thinking of that came off the bench. Ginobili was, did. Was an all-star. Was that the last one? But I mean, he's putting up insane efficiency right now. So it, it would be oh, if he kept Kobe did it. Kobe did it one of his first years. Yeah. Kobe did one of his first years with the Lakers. Okay. Well, that was a long time ago. So, you know, what? if he kept up at this rate, which is a crazy rate, then yes, he has to be considered. Um, is this rate sustainable coming off the bench? I don't know. Oh. I think it's all oh, it's not sustainable because he's shooting 60% from three. Let's be I, I let's, know that's what I'm saying. Let's like, be fair about that, right? Like that's not gonna be sustained. But can he become more efficient in other areas? Of course. I think the Mavericks, like there's a couple of plays every game now that we've seen where they just don't connect because they don't know each other yet. They're still trying to yeah. figure it out. They played two preseason games with Luca, and now they've played three regular season games. One of them was a blowout, so you don't really learn that much in a blowout because you just go out there and they like they beat the brakes off of the Grizzlies and didn't have to try too hard, right? Like, yeah. So you don't learn a ton in that game. You had a tough fought game against the, the Suns. That was a really good learning experience. And then this weird Pelicans game. So I'm not I'm not taking too much from that, and you know, in the sense of like long term learning. Um, yeah. Couple of team questions. Adrian wants to know, Nick and Isaac, do you see the Mavericks firing on all cylinders when the team is totally healthy? Who are we missing? I was going to say, okay, so Adrian's literally just Tim? asking about Tim missed one game. Frank has missed all three games. So is Frank the key that unlocks the Mavericks roster? No. 
I mean, we don't even know if he's going to play at all. So Vaku's on the team now. So I don't even know what Frank's role is. So, I mean, I'm, I hope so. I'm, I'm not ready to say no, but I don't think health is the thing I'm like saying, Oh, let's just see about health right now. No. Yeah. It's not about the Mavericks. Aren't just sitting around waiting for somebody to come back. They're not waiting for Kawhi Leonard to ramp up more minutes. Like the Clippers are right. They're not waiting for yeah. uh, Chris Middleton to come back from injury. Like the bucks are right now. They're not one of those teams that they've got. They've got everybody. Tim Hardaway was out for like a, I don't know what you would call that. It's like a maintenance game. I guess you would call it because he hurt his foot last year and they just wanted to make sure that he's okay. And so, yeah, they held him out for that. Frank's been out. Davis has been out. I don't. That's you're not missing enough for me to to think no. that. Okay, as soon as those guys come back, it'll be complete. Bertans is the key to it all. They could use his shooting, I guess. But other than, <laughs> other than that, other than that, um, <laughs> Mavs Panama says, "What oh, no. was Nico's plan about the third ball handler again?" <laughs> Honestly, still think it was a trade. It was a trade, and I still think it will be a trade. Do the do the thing. What? Do the thing. I'm not doing the thing. He told us on media day that we asked him, who's the third ball handler? What what's the plan for a third ball handler? So people forget about Frank. You know, think about this. And also, we have an open roster spot. So they we brought in like, do you forget about Frank? So <laughs> they, they brought so they brought in Compazzo. Is he is he the answer? I guess he's the answer for right now. But he's on a non guaranteed deal, so they can still make Make a deal, wave him, yeah, have the open I, roster spot. It's all still on the table. Like the the, I, the Faku like signing doesn't change any of that. I don't think. No, no. And and I think somebody wrote a question. Or I thought I saw one about, hey, when do the Mavs make a trade? If they make one, whatever. At this point, they're just waiting on some of these tanking teams to lower the price. I think it's just. I think everybody's saying, hey, here in a. I mean, it doesn't look like it right now because the Spurs and Jazz and some of these teams are winning. <laughs> but at some point. You know, as the season go goes along, we're gonna start seeing hi- some historic tanking and some selling off of players for a cheaper cost. And I think the Mavericks, along with other teams, are just gonna wait out into that point at this point and saying, yeah. "All right, if Utah really wants Jordan Clarkson, wants a first for Jordan Clarkson, you know what's gonna happen? In a month or so, they're gonna lower it to two seconds, or you know, whoever it is." So, I I still don't think the backup guard spot is on their roster right now. No. And this is so weird. The Jazz are four and one. The Sixers are one and four. Like this is a weird season to start so far. Yeah. So at at a certain point, there's going to hit a certain threshold where the Jazz teams like the Jazz are going to be like, we really want to make the play in. Like, do we really want to make the play in? And Danny Ainge is not doing that. Right. Like (laughs) we really want to make the play in with this roster or some of those other teams like the Sixers are going to be like, all right, we got to move one of these guys. Like, we got to we got to make a move. We got to make a move because we have to change something because it's just it's just not working what we're doing right now. The Lakers, everybody's waiting on the Lakers to make a move. I think yeah. on Zach Lowe's pod, he's been really clear about. Well, everybody's holding the Lakers over a barrel right now because they got to make some kind of move mm-hmm. because of LeBron with Westbrook and all that. So that's what that's what teams are waiting on right now. And how long does that staring contest last? I don't know. It depends on which team gets desperate first. Keep staring. It's fun. Jose asked him one of my favorite questions of the night. What NBA Twitter buzzword grinds your gears? I got one. I got one for you. I'm ready for it right away. I always, I I always am annoyed when someone says something very oddly specific about a player and says, you know, (laughs) like Dorian Finney Smith is so damn good at corner threes. 
anytime someone says so damn good, like so like Isaiah Hardenstein's so damn good at floaters. They're never so like that damn good at something. If they're like pretty good at it, but it's never like Luka Doncic is so damn good at scoring, right? Like that'd be too obvious. It's always something not super obvious, but they say it like it's such a an obvious thing that everyone should know, and I can't stand it. That's such a specific phrase. I know it is, but I've seen it used so often. I'm like, so damn good. Like, okay. Or something that it wouldn't matter if you were so damn good at or not. All right. I got a couple. Oh, I bet um, you do. Yeah, yeah. And some of these, I'm, I was, one, I love this question because I see things all the time. I'm like, that's just so freaking annoying. But of course, when I see the question, I can't think of some of these things. Um, so I just went to like Yoda's Twitter and I was like, what can I say? <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh talk soon uh, isaac one thing is one small thing when a team releases like information to everybody and then somebody says hey this team like told me this that that's kind of tough but here's some specific is, that, phrases. that's the sean hyken bit that he always says i also got the email from the, from the team he always tweets exactly. that when there's a national like i was also in the huddle i was also when, included when this yeah, i was also in, in the media scrum when uh <laughs> coach said that but he said it to me Here's here's a couple things. Um, when somebody disagrees with you, do you even watch basketball? Love that. That that one kills me. That one just absolutely. That's kills a great me. one. You don't watch basketball. Do you even watch all of that? Um, this one's a small one. When somebody well, has, I, I love when someone asks us that. Yeah, we do a daily five days. How exposed would we have been at this point if we weren't watching these games? Like, yeah, and sometimes, sometimes we make bad takes for sure. But like, how exposed would we be if we weren't watching these games? I get a chuckle when I see some YouTube comments. It's like, these guys don't even watch basketball. Like, oh. <laughs> I was like, okay. My wife we're would at, punch you. We're at punch least right watching now. the Mavericks. <laughs> at least. My wife wishes that was true. Uh, here's another one. When somebody has a, a an opinion or a quote and they really want to like be ahead of the game uh, or a take, and they say, hey, you, you heard it here first. It's like, mm. no, there's no way to prove that, guys. Mm. There's no way. Somebody out there has had this, that same opinion. Do a little Twitter advanced so, uh, search and see which one was first. Just type it on. <laughs> like the Christian Wood thing. I mean, I I was ahead of everything. You know, some of the people out there is like, oh, okay. Uh, this is a small one, too. Pushing the narrative. I love when <laughs> I get <laughs> so annoyed. You can't just you can't just call out Reddit Mavs and slightly biased like that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I get annoyed when people come after people like media or fans oh, or whatever oh. it is like like if you have an a, opinion about somebody <laughs> like i could tweet out today luka Doncic, it like look at this stat that he's like the best one of the best thing like tim mcmahon wrote a great story on uh, on luka being the best isolation score in the league yeah and then there's like random people that's like oh i see you pushing that narrative right i'm like <laughs> what 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 narrative what are you talking about at, like, during the off season random day i tweeted about christian how christian wood javel and dwight were like the top like three of the top seven rim rollers in the NBA last year. And someone was like, oh, here we go, pushing the narrative from the team. Like, you got this fed right from the team to push it out. And I was like, I'm just a dude looking up stats on a random, like, Thursday. Yeah. So I just say I enjoy some of that. And that's it, a good one. Yeah, those are, those are a couple more. Another one I, 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 can't, I can't stand, the disrespect. Oh, how can you disrespect a player uh, like that? Yeah. And you're like, what do you mean disrespect? I just said, like, I don't think he's a good three-point shooter. Or, you know, something about, like, I just don't think he's good enough to do this. Oh, the disrespect. Yeah. Or, and that comes in play with, like, all-star stuff. Like, if Anthony Simons doesn't make the all-star team, you're like, and, you know, those Blazers fans yeah. like, people are disrespecting him. Like, all right, who the crap are you going to put him over? Like, what? 
I love it when someone doesn't make the dunk contest or like doesn't do the dunk contest. And you're like, they could have just opted out. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> yep. Let us know. Let us know in the comments. What's your Twitter buzzword or YouTube comments buzzword that just grinds your gears that you see in NBA comments, NBA tweets, anything like that. Let us know. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Make your second listen, Locked On Sports Today. It's a great show covering all aspects of sports. They had a great World Series preview with both of the hosts that cover the Astros and the Phillies. They had great stuff on um, Tom Brady, great stuff on Mac Jones, kicking that guy on the Monday Night Football game. Incredible stuff. Go check it out. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.